Welcome to another episode of the Balancing Hormones Naturally podcast, where we offer actions and steps you can take today to start balancing your hormones naturally. This is your podcast host, Leah Brueggemann. I am a functional diagnostic nutritional practitioner. I am honored and excited to be your guide on your journey to better understanding your hormonal health and how it affects your everyday life. Hey ladies, welcome back to another episode of the Balancing Hormones Naturally podcast. So we have a guest on here. We have Brittany Lutran, who is, I'm going to let you share your title because I was going to say therapist, EMDR specialist, not really sure if that's the category we want to go in, but um, I've had her come on for some of my clients' programs to share a lot about the emotional and the mental side of healing because you have to reduce that stress. You have to learn how to move that through your body and all of that fun stuff. So I thought we could come on and share a little bit about that on the podcast. Um, so I would love, Brittany, if you can just share your actual title that I hopefully didn't butcher and a little bit about what got you in the field. I am going to put a quick disclaimer out there for everybody. I have. Killian's baby monitor here because he's napping. So hopefully he stays napping. So if you hear any sounds that sounds like a baby monitor, it's because it's the baby monitor. Hi, I'm Brittany. So I am a holistic psychotherapist. I'm actually a social worker. That is my degree. And I am trained in many different things. I started out being trained in cognitive behavioral therapy by the Beck Institute. So the Beck Institute is like the very known for cognitive behavioral therapy. And then throughout my training, I started to dive into EMDR. EMDR is called eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, and it is a really amazing type of therapy used for trauma. Um, I got there because one of my mentors told me I should go do this training, see how it is. It was COVID, and at the time, it got canceled. So Hmm. later on, I was like, all right, I'll find a different training, find a different training later on, and I found a somatic and attachment EMDR training. So it's not just straight EMDR, it puts the somatic and the attachment component into it. So it's much more um, cohesive and um, it's definitely a process. Um, I also practice emotional freedom techniques, so EFT, dialectical behavioral therapy as well. Many different types of therapies that I've learned along the way to really heal others. Um, I have a private practice, it's called Miyama Center, it's in Michigan. And um, I work with many different types of clients, all sorts of issues. And I have a variety of different practitioners on my team, as well as a yoga instructor to kind of heal the mind, the body all together um, through movement, through exercise and through therapy. So that's a lot to unpack. Can we dive a little bit into... um, just EFT tapping. And then I want to do a little bit more, mostly EMDR, but, um, I feel like EFT tapping is something that, um, everyone can kind of bring into their house very simply, you know, to help, um, with anything. I mean, I use that for stress and it's, one of the things I love using it for is calming my nervous system down when I'm driving and somebody's really stupid. And you're just like, ah, oh, dumb driver. I always will like be like, okay, let's come back to center. Um, so what what is EFT tapping? Because I think I have a lot of people that are like, there's no way just tapping on different, you know, pressure points on my body is going to do anything. And I think a lot of people try and do it one time and then write it off. They're like, oh, it didn't work. It didn't do anything. But I think it's something you definitely have to be I don't know, give it at least a week of consistency. Okay. So tapping is a powerful stress relief technique. Tapping is based on the principles of of anxious Chinese acupressure and modern psychology. So it's kind of like acupuncture, but you're not actually putting the needles into you. You're actually tapping on the meridian points. We have meridian points tons and tons in our hands and our feet. If you Google meridian points, you're going to find tons that are all connected to somewhere in our body. 
So studies have shown that tapping actually decreases the cortisol in our body. That is because, you know, stress is is linked to anxiety and weight gain and depression, lack of motivation. So tapping is proven to reduce the stress, lower the cortisol and improve our sleep. Stress is also detrimental to your immune system because when you're stressed, your immune system's ability to fight off those antigens is reduced and then you're more likely to get infections and tapping just kind of lowers that stress, turns your immune system to actually do the work. So how does it work? The basic tapping technique requires you to focus on a negative emotion at hand and then tap on the different points. I teach all different types of tapping. Mm-hmm. I teach the basic tapping that you'll find with the, the head, the inner eye, the outer eye, um, under the nose, chin, chest. And I also teach heart center tapping. Heart center tapping is, I think, much more powerful because you're actually focusing on the issue, you're rating the worry, and then you're going in and you're saying it over and over again while you're breathing. And then we change it. We change the narrative. And every single time the narrative changes with tapping, you start to feel better and your anxiety and stress start to reduce. Mm-hmm. I So we have taken, when you've come on for programs, we've taken clients through heart-centered. And it is always one of those things where they're everyone's scared to volunteer. <laughs> Like nobody wants to bring up a topic and there are tears shed, not because like they're scared, but because they actually are working through something on the call. And every single person who, you know, volunteers, I mean, you can hear the change in their voice from when they start the session versus when they end the session. Like you can hear it in their voice and everybody comments on it. They're like, we literally could just hear the stress and the tension and the like emotions just kind of just get out of your voice. And you were so calm by the end. So um, it really works. I mean, you just got to give it a chance. Everyone's like, that's too simple. I'm not going to do it. Like, just try it. It's easy. Um, So I'm trying to think, could we – could we go through maybe an example of it really simply? Um, especially if um, you're watching the video version on YouTube, you know, you can follow along. Yeah, most definitely. I think that the heart center tapping is much more effective than the regular okay. tapping. There's so many tapping points and sometimes you just can't remember all of them. Mm-hmm. Where heart tapping is just very, very simple and easy. So let's go through it. Leah, what is an issue that you're dealing with today that we should focus on? Something that you're anxious about, stressed about, sad about? Okay, I didn't think about these. Um, I need to think really quickly. Okay, I, I actually will give you something. Um, so we have our kids in swim class, and I am telling you, like, I hate taking them to swim class. My husband needs to do it most of the time because it is so stressful for me to watch them, like, have to learn how to swim. I don't know. It's, like, a terror for me. Okay. So what is the feeling behind it? Um, I think helplessness because I'm, like, I just have to watch. I can't, you know, jump in and do because they have to learn this by themselves. So is it I feel helpless about what? Something I can't control. I feel helpless about something that I can't control. So we're going to set up the statement and this is the statement that we're setting up. We have to find the statement. So what we did was I asked you what you were feeling and what it was about and you had told me. So I'm going to have you tune into that and zero out of 10. How bothersome is that? How about like a six? Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to put our hands on our heart. And I'm just going to have you focus on the issue at hand. Try not to focus your attention elsewhere because if you do, it may not work. So, and I'm just going to have you repeat after me. I am okay, even though I feel helpless about something that I can't control. I'm okay, even though I feel helpless about something I cannot control. Breathe three times. Switch hands. If you're watching YouTube, you can see how this is done. I'm okay, even though I feel helpless about something that I can't control. 
I'm okay even though I feel helpless about something I cannot control. Breathe three times. Switch hands. I'm okay even though I feel helpless about something that I can't control. I'm okay even though I feel helpless about something I cannot control. Breathe three times. Okay, now I'm going to have you open your eyes. What are you thinking, feeling, or noticing now? Your thoughts should switch. It should become more positive. Mostly it's okay. It's it's still a little scary, but um, it's okay. Like, it's a process. They're, they're learning. Um, I have to put my trust in the instructor. Um, I don't have to control the situation. So I guess the emotion would be more hopeful. I'm okay and I'm feeling hopeful? Yeah. Okay, let's do that. I'm okay, okay. and I'm feeling hopeful. I'm okay and I'm feeling hopeful. Breathe three times. Switch hands. I'm okay and I'm feeling hopeful. I'm okay and I'm feeling hopeful. Breathe three times. Switch hands. I'm okay and I'm feeling hopeful. I'm okay and I'm feeling hopeful. Breathe three times. Okay, and opening your eyes, your thoughts should switch. What is your thought now? Calm? That's not really a thought though. I'm just not anxious about it. That's fine. I'm okay and I feel calm. I'm okay and I feel calm. Breathe three times. Switch hands. I'm okay and I feel calm. I'm okay and I feel calm. Breathe three times. Switch hands. I'm okay and I feel calm. I'm okay and I feel calm. Breathing three times. Okay, we're going to pause. We're going to open your eyes. Now let's tune into your first statement. I feel helpless about something that I can't control. And as you tune in, zero out of 10, what is your number now? Probably a three. So there's still some stuff there. Do you want to go through the stuff that's still there? Or did we lower it enough? Um, I think we lowered it enough for now. Mostly just because I don't feel so nervous about it cool well do you see how that worked so well you went down three points within the last like two three minutes I know I and well and it's like I know three points doesn't seem like a lot but like that's a lot I kind of want to go back and listen now and see how much more chill I sounded by the end (laughs) because my body feels much more chill um and you look more chill yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's, you know what I, it kind of reminds me of, you know, when you have like that cup of hot tea and you put it next to your bed and then you like put a weighted blanket on and your body's just like, ah, that kind of a sensation. That's what I feel like after you do something like this, like your body just really relaxes. Yeah. It releases the stress. Yeah. The hormone that's happening. So I have a couple questions um, that I feel like people might have about that. Like, are you actually just, when you do EFT tapping, like, are you helping, like, overall, like, stress of your body, like, letting things actually get out? Or is it just in that moment um, you're managing stress right there? Because I know some people are like, oh, well, it's just like taking, um, I don't know like ashwagandha or something to kind of like chill out my body, but is it actually helping to fix the issue? Yes. I think it's a little bit different because you're not actually taking a supplement. 
or putting something in your body, but you're actually doing it more of a holistic way while you're talking it out, you're changing mm-hmm. your narrative and you're breathing. The breath is the most important. That's what's really relaxing you is your breath. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just like focusing on the transition of the thought that you're mm-hmm. going through. Yeah, because yeah, the thought's going to change each and yeah. every time. And as you saw, it got more positive. It doesn't have to be like a feeling. You could say like, I'm okay and I feel this and I'm doing this. It can mm-hmm. be a statement. That's fine as long as it gets some more positive way. And if it's still a three, try to get it down to a zero. Keep doing it until it gets down. And eventually mm-hmm. it'll get down. But it's really the breath that really transforms everything. Okay. And that's so much. So do you have to say that out loud? Like, do you have to do that with somebody else or can you do it by yourself? Does it have to be out loud? No, you can do it by yourself. I do it by myself all the time in the shower. Oh, um, I, a good spot I like to do stuff. Because like <laughs> nobody's around me and I'm like, I don't have my phone. I don't have the computer and I'm anxious. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the best time to do it is when you're kind of like in that secluded environment. I like to say it out loud because it helps mm-hmm. me hear what I'm saying, but you can do it mm-hmm. by yourself. This is what, as a therapist, I teach my clients tools so they can thrive on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, so that they can be their own therapist. I don't want to be their therapist forever. I want them to go fly on their own and learn what they need to learn here. Just like in your programs, people learn what they need to learn and then they leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The idea is to get them to know what they need by the like end. Cons- mm-hmm. And consistency is the key. If you're not consistent, yeah. I feel like, okay, so if you're going to do this, guys, you, I challenge you to do it every single day for a week. It takes what, five minutes? five minutes. I mean, totally necessary. I, okay. I'm going to save this statement until after we talk about EMDR. Can we jump into EMDR now? Yeah, we can definitely jump into EMDR. Where should we start? So, um, what is it? I, I, I know it has something to do with your eyes and I know it has, but that's about it. So, yeah. So EMDR stands for eye movement desensitization reprocessing. It was originally developed in 1987 by Francine Shapiro. If anybody wants to read her book, she has tons. It was really developed for veterans and to treat PTSD. And over time, it's helped with anxiety and depression and pain and phobias. There's all different types of protocols now. Um, It is a type of therapy that helps people alleviate distress from traumatic events much quicker than regular talk therapy. So what it does is it targets traumatic memories using rapid eye movement, which is similar to REM sleep that you experience Mm -hmm. that transform memories. So we relive the events through processing, allowing more appropriate behaviors to be present. Um, Usually when there's a traumatic event that happens, it's very bothersome later on and those memories are not processed fully. So we actually have to do EMDR therapy to reprocess it. Um, Okay. So the goal is to reprocess any irrational negative cognitions, emotions associated with the memory. So what if somebody like is an anxious person, like they're just stressful, like they, they, the best word I can, I have people that identify themselves as like, I am just like a highly sensitive stressed person. And I'm like, well, I feel like you can move out of that, but they don't have an exact thing they can think of that in their past, would this still be something they could do? Or does it have to have like an exact moment that they're trying to help get rid of? It really needs to kind of be like an exact moment or a memory, but there's eight phases of EMDR. Okay. So phase one is client history taking. So what we do is we get the background information. We see if you, you know, the client is suitable for EMDR. We have some questionnaires. We review past and present triggers. We kind of see what their resources are that they can use and that they can cope with. And then we kind of look at their strengths as well. We have this amazing exercise called the answer exercise that we use in somatic and attachment EMDR, where we look, we ask you 15 questions and we look at what's overdeveloped, underdeveloped, and what you do in pain, because this will come up in your EMDR therapy. So sometimes someone will be like really developed in like procrastination, 
really underdeveloped in speaking up for yourself. And when they're in pain, they sleep. Oh, Oh, wait. I feel like I need this list of questions for my clients. We should do it. Oh, my gosh. Because I – one of the things I always ask them is like, what do you do when things get tough? Like, do you like tough love? Do you not like tough love? Do you, you know, go into hiding? Do you lash out? Do you like retreat? Because that helps me coach them if I know what their response is, you know? But wait a second. I didn't know this about like, you can be overdeveloped in procrastination. Yeah. I have a lot of people that definitely fit into that category. Yeah. So as you can see, there's so many, there's so many cool tools and this is a way to, the answers are a way to really deep dive on a client. Like I can get to know a client so quickly by just asking them these questions. Like some of the questions are, what are you most proud of? What do you do when you're stressed? And I can kind of see like what they do really well, what they don't do so well, what they do in pain. Because Mm -hmm. after EMDR, if they tell me that when I'm in pain, I sleep, guarantee that they'll sleep after our EMDR session because EMDR is so exhausting or they'll disconnect. And I can guarantee that next week they're going to come back and say, I don't want to do EMDR this week because I'm too tired. Oh, okay. So it's something that they've just become really good at. It's mm-hmm. um, a result of like, you know, your environment, your DNA, the way you grew up, your caregivers, how they took care of you is how you developed your answers. But your answers are really your lies. They don't actually mm-hmm. work. You just have taught yourself them. And Nap. <laughs> they're like a habit that you've taught yourself that they don't actually work. You just yeah. become so good at them. So you can change them. It's like an alcoholic is really good at drinking alcohol to self-soothe. Mm-hmm. So that's just like really Mm -hmm. overdeveloped for them, but that doesn't actually work. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Okay. This is probably going to be such a triggering episode in such a good way for people though, because it's, it's one of those things where it doesn't actually work, but it's like the lie that we tell ourselves over and over. I've, I've, I hear that a lot from people that are like, um, I just feel like this is such an easy example. Like I need to like watch TV to chill out or I need to listen to TV to go to sleep or I like scrolling my phone is like how I relax. And I'm like, how can scrolling on other people's drama like help your nervous system relax? But it's like something we've taught our bodies like this you know, reflex that we use to get away from our own life and stress and drama to feed into other people's, but it's not actually fixing your issue. This is a packed emotional episode. Like, I feel like people should be taking notes. What are the lies we tell ourselves? (laughs) Yeah. So there's a lot of questions that we dive into to really get to know somebody but I think the coolest part of this is I know that Kara's been on this up, this podcast before. Kara, I've worked with as well, and she teaches like how to map out the nervous system. And her tools mm-hmm. have given me tools to be like, whoa, I can teach people these things with EMDR. So even before I go into EMDR, I see what their nervous system is like. And do they fight? Do they fight? Do they freeze? Mm-hmm. What do they do? Just mm-hmm. so I can understand um, on a better level. Yeah. I, yeah, I find that very helpful with my clients because how you would approach somebody who is freeze versus somebody who is fight (laughs) um, are completely different when they get stressed. So it's really important to know. It's so interesting. I just, I think it's so interesting. Like when it comes to healing, it has so much to do with the mental aspect, much more than people think it does. Yeah. And then your body as well. And what shows up in your body. And if you follow the body cues that happen. So the next phase is preparation. So this is kind of when we're preparing a client, we're teaching client resources. There's all sort of resources that we teach. You may think of just like coping tools, like EFT Mm -hmm. tapping. Yeah, that's something that I teach. But I also teach this amazing thing called the calm and safe place where I take someone through really like a visualization and a meditation to develop their safe place, a place that they've never been before. And then we do some tapping with it so I can show them what it's like when you will be processing. Um, And that's something that they can actually go to between sessions because you're going to feel dysregulated between sessions. 
because in EMDR, you're going to have flashbacks and other memories that come up because we're literally unlocking a box of all the other stuff that you've dealt with in your life. So you're going to need some regulation in between sessions. Yeah, (laughs) that's so true. You did that safe place for my clients. I got messages about it. They were like, that was so helpful. Yeah, there's also like the container where we put a, a feeling in a container. Um, there's like some other like techniques where you like imagine like a light and it dissolving. Um, really cool visualizations, imagery, meditations, somatic tools that we teach someone to regulate. And I'll sit there for a while with them just to teaching them these skills that they've never learned before. Um, the idea is the window of tolerance. I want people in their window. I don't want people outside mm-hmm. of their window because as soon as you kind of get outside of your window, think of, um, I don't know, a window. In, think of your house. Like you mm-hmm. may feel really good in your house because like you're familiar with all the stuff around you. But as soon as you walk outside, the world is like chaotic sometimes. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going to happen. So I like to keep people in their window by practicing these tools, these meditations, these they're not really meditations. They're just like visualizations. Um, yeah. They're not spiritual by any means. Um, they're just really tools to keep you in because when you're outside your window, you kind of fall off and you can dissociate really easily. And in EMDR, we want to put you on the edge of your window so that your one foot's in the past, one foot's in the present. Mm-hmm. I So I just want to touch on that really quick because I feel like as soon as people hear, oh, I have to do a meditation or a visualization or whatever, they immediately are like, oh, that's just like woo-woo stuff in my brain. And it's like, no, because how, when you visualize something like, um, this may be incorrect. This is how I see this in my mind. So you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you, that manifests itself in your body. So like, let's say you're thinking of doing an event and you get really nervous about it and you, maybe you get shortness of breath and you start sweating. And then all of a sudden your body's like, well, what if I forget all my words? And what if I trip on the stage? And all of a sudden your brain has like made that event that you have to do extremely stressful. You've already mapped out that it's going to be horrible. You're going to mess up all of these things. So instead, like you are, when you visualize it, like you're literally mapping out in your mind, you're walking your body through a different outcome and like that is calming for your nervous system, you know, that has a positive outcome because that, that shows up in your body and your subconscious will, um, navigates that because you, your brain, like your can only hold on to so many things at one time. Like I always use that example of the darn yellow car. Like, I don't even know if yellow Toyotas exist. They probably don't, but let's like, you may have never seen one, but now that I talked about it, you're going to be like yellow car. You're going to see them all the time while you're driving because I brought that to the forefront. Is that the prefrontal cortex? I think that's the word I'm looking for. I was just going to um, explain that. This is my little Okay. Perfect. There we go. This is my visual. So I'm going to take this down, but um, at the the top of your brain, you have the prefrontal cortex and it automatically will shut down when you're in danger, which will go to your limbic system. Your limbic system is like the middle part of your brain where you have memories stored. And then there's this thing called the amygdala and the amygdala is that, um, that fire alarm that goes off. And when the fire alarm goes off, it goes, "Uh Oh, I'm in danger. So you do your fight, flight, whatever you do when you're in danger And your amygdala doesn't know the difference between real and perceived danger. So that fire alarm going off at school when you were seven years old, that was like dangerous to your amygdala because your amygdala was like, "Uh uh-oh, there's a fire. I better run or I better do something. So it activates that. And then it leads to your brainstem. And your brainstem basically goes, "Uh uh-oh, I am going to get like have really um, racing thoughts. My I'm going to sweat. I'm going to puke. I'm going to do whatever it is to keep my body safe from this danger that's happening. Yeah. I, so. But this is just a memory. You can tell your brain that this is just a memory. And it will actually calm down. Yeah. Because we, 
and this is something I don't I don't know if we talked about this on the episode with Kara or we just recently talked about it on one of our sessions, but when you have a lot of stress about something coming up and you're like, I don't know why I'm stressed about this. I don't get it. Like I've done this before. Logically, it makes sense. It's typically because your body is associating it with a memory. You just have to find the memory and basically, I don't know, tell your body like it's safe. Like that's just a memory. That's not what's going on now. But I don't know. This is like so interesting to me because I find with so many of my clients that unless we address the emotional, like there are some clients that it's so deep emotionally that we have to address that before they can physically see certain results. Because it's like, I cannot get your cortisol pattern regulated if you're constantly like living in fight or flight. It's, I just, I can't supplement, I can't supplement you out of that. Exactly. And sometimes, you know, even the, the, we teach these resources, but then we actually have to go to in in through EMDR to really heal it. Um, I'll give you an Mm -hmm. example. My fire alarm went off for like three hours straight because I left something on the stove by accident. It was bad. I walked in, there was so much smoke. I was freaking out and I literally couldn't leave my house because I was so scared that I was going to do it again. So I went through my own EMDR therapy to heal it because I just, I couldn't live my life like that and I couldn't get over it. And I was able to heal it through reprocessing the memory because it was so unprocessed and it was Mm -hmm. so quick that it happened. Oh, there's so many things I think people need this for. Like I know people that have been in house fires and like they can't even go to bonfires like with friends, like which should be a, you know, a fun event because like anything associated with fire is just so hard on them. So dang. Well, it's a memory network that's been created. And so we have to actually go into the memory network and see what's in there and kind of change it and reroute it in a way. So the phase three of EMDR is really, we have to do a treatment plan. So a treatment plan looks at what's the presenting issue? What's the attachment? What do we want? So maybe the presenting issue is um, relationship difficulties. I don't know. And then the attachment is I want connection. So we look at, we look at present triggers and then we create, and then we kind of also look at the worst part of the issue and we look at a negative cognition, like I'm bad. And then I'll ask you, okay, tell me the first time you felt like you were bad. And somebody will go all the way down to three years old. And then we'll keep going up. Like when I was three years old at a birthday party, when I was five years old at my mom's house and we'll work with the first memory through EMDR processing because we really want to find a touchstone memory which is a memory before age seven because that's the root of the issue I once had somebody that you know told me that they're just feeling really stuck and we were able to find out that actually it was when she was born she felt stuck um coming out when her during birth that yeah. of time and she didn't even recognize that it was a totally subconscious thought dang it's crazy what your brain can do yeah so then when we're done processing processing can take many sessions depending on how okay. deeply rooted the issue is mm-hmm We'll do tapping with processing. So either we do tapping where you tap back and forth on your shoulders for about Mm -hmm. 20 to 30 passes, or we'll do eye movements. Um, I'm all virtual, so I do eye movements a lot through a platform Mm -hmm. where your eyes just go back and forth on the screen looking at a dot. And then Mm -hmm. in between sets, I ask you, what did you notice? And you just tell me what you noticed. Then we just go with that. The less information, the better. I just want to keep the train moving. I, w- I want to get to the last station. Yeah. Um, and then I ask you, I kind of ask you to score a few things to tell me where you're at. And as long as you're a zero, we move on. We And if for any reason it's an incomplete memory, then we will redo it the next time and just keep going at it. So does it take a while to like figure out what's the memory behind the memory that's causing the issue or do you like do they immediately know like this is the memory that is the problem so 
There's single incident trauma where you can actually just do single incident. There's a single incident protocol in EMDR, but um, usually like you don't really know the issue, but then you figure out the issue. And then sometimes okay. you want to focus on a specific memory, but then they don't even include that memory in their timeline. And I'm like, what about that sexual assault that happened? It's not even here. And they're, she's yeah. like, they're like, oh yeah, it's not here. I was like, do you want to put it here? So I kind of ask if they want to put it here, if that's oh. something that was a part of that. Cause sometimes your brain can forget about those things, even though you can yeah. to really work on those things. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And then we okay. install a positive cognition and then we do a body scan and then we close out. So it's a process. EMDR therapy. I mean, it, it can be fast. It can be slow. It could be a year. Um, really we recommend coming every single week because if you're not coming every single week, you're probably going to get dysregulated in between sessions and we just need to finish mm-hmm. out that memory. So we don't leave it open. It's like a wound. You don't want to just like mm-hmm. leave your wound open. Like you have to put a bandaid on it to heal it. You have to put ointment on it. Yeah. I just talked to somebody who did EMDR therapy um, and she'd done it for some like pretty severe stuff that happened in her childhood. And she's like, I had to always put my appointment at nighttime because she's like, I would just sleep afterwards. She's like, I was so conked out. Um, but uh, so she was doing this. I, I'm trying to think of how old she was. I think in her late 30s. Um, and before that, she'd done talk therapy. And she's like done that forever and ever and ever and just wasn't making enough progress. And so then she started EMDR. And in a couple months, you know, had made so much progress. Um, but yeah, she's like emotionally tanked. She goes, you have to go sleep afterwards. It was so much. That's probably one of her answers. Yeah. It is also a lot. I have people that come to us that have done talk therapy for years and years and years and it doesn't work. And as soon as we do this, it's like everything transforms. Mm-hmm. And most of the time you don't need therapy after you do EMDR therapy, unless you want to talk about ongoing issues, but really mm-hmm. the root of the issues are cured. Yeah. It's so interesting. Cause you're not like talking through an issue and like learning how to like cope with it which I feel like is maybe what you do more with talk therapy which you need for certain issues but if you have like a big trauma um you know you have to move that through your body like you have to reprocess that versus just being like no I'm safe I'm calm like you're logically you know I'm safe I'm calm I'm not in that situation anymore but emotionally your body is just like no we're we're still running from a bear we're still not doing well yeah it's also because there's no there's no time on trauma it feels like it happened yesterday even though it happened mm-hmm. 10 years ago trauma yeah. just doesn't have a timeline and mm-hmm. it can feel really triggering even though it happened so long ago um, because mm-hmm. your body so most of the time your body still remembers what happened. Your mind might, mind might forget it a little bit, but it's you still hold that in your body somewhere. Yeah, you do, and I think that's one of the things that um, I think it's such a big part of like hormones and um, physically healing. Because even if you are um, like logically you're like I'm doing all the things I'm managing my stress like I'm I'm getting outside I'm getting off screens I'm you know doing everything that you should be but it's like I see this with people where their minerals just aren't moving and I'm like okay well what what what's happened like stress wise like let's talk about things that have happened in the past. Like where do we need to go from here? Because something like your body is just not responding to. And a lot of times it's, it is emotional, whether we want to admit it or not. Yeah. And it leaves behind symptoms and the symptoms Mm -hmm. are depression, anxiety, numbness, irritability, whatever it is. And that's probably why that you know, in order to get your hormones better, you need to have less stress. You need to feel mm-hmm. more regulated. You have to heal yourself from the inside out with food, but also through therapy. Um, and I, I think that sometimes talk therapy can be a little bit more triggering, especially if you're talking through trauma. You really mm-hmm. want to see a trauma-informed type of therapist if you're talking through trauma because it could reopen the wound and you could get traumatized again. Yeah. 
Yeah, if you don't know how to like walk through that. That's true. That's so true. Um, so do you have anything else you want to share about EMDR? Mm, I think that it can help with so many things. It can help with bettering your relationships, better sleep, reducing flashbacks, reducing like bothersome emotions. It changes the brain because the activation of the memory moves to the limbic system to the prefrontal cortex. So we talked about how, you know, your prefrontal cortex shuts down when there's trauma, turns mm-hmm. off, it goes offline and it goes into your limbic system. But actually when you, it goes the other way when you reprocess it and it moves back into the prefrontal cortex. So you may feel like, oh, that doesn't even bother me anymore when it bothered you for so many years. I've dealt with um, survivors of sexual abuse who have felt so much better after going through EMDR therapy and can actually face what they had dealt with and can talk about it and can live their life again when they weren't able to live it before because of how triggered that they felt in everyday interactions. So the goal is to desensitize the trigger so the traumatic memories can be accessed. And we look at these and reprocess their emotional meanings through EMDR processing. As we keep bringing up the same narrative, it becomes less powerful and changes. Painful life events get locked away with feelings and thoughts that may be untrue. So if we pull all these events out from the locked place, work on them, then the present narrative can change. And the goal is to be free of the symptoms and limitations. Hmm. That's cool. So we have two brains, the emotional brain and the logical brain. So we use bilateral stimulation, which is tapping or the eye movements going back and forth. So basically we're moving both sides of the brain. So we use visual, audio, or tactile bilateral stimulation. And if you were in person, you would use a light bar or tappers or buzzards, or you could tap on your body. Um, Virtually, we just have a platform where you can go back and forth with your eyes, or you can tap back and forth. Um, So how it works is you cross your arms and it integrates both brains, the emotional, logical brain to work together when you tap back and forth. Sounds crazy, but it works. Um, So I will have a client bring up a memory and then we'll use bilateral stimulation for about 20 to 30 seconds. And then I'll have them pause and ask them, where did did you go? What happened? And no matter what they say, I'll say, go with that. Usually we want to stay as close to the memory as possible, but sometimes you kind of venture off in another memory. Mm -hmm. That's okay. I just bring you back. And, um, you know, other forms of therapy focus on thoughts and emotions that result from trauma, but EMDR focuses on the memory itself and challenges any negative beliefs that stem from it. It is designed to change the way the brain stores traumatic memories. So basically the repetition of going over the memory so many times allows it to take away the power and the memory that the memory holds and helps you move forward. Does that have any connection with like when people say they're more right or left brained, like they're more logical versus like creative or emotional, or is that something completely different? I think that might be something different, okay. but in a way similar. Yeah. I don't, that's the only, that's where I've heard of right and left brain before. So I was just curious. So um, I have a question. If, so what if it's not necessarily like an event that happened to you but like let's say someone got a diagnosis like um uh like cancer or they just got diagnosed with endometriosis or they just got diagnosed with PCOS which is you know not like a one-time event like it's a like um something they have to deal with for months years maybe the rest of their life but that actual diagnosis they're like as soon as I heard it it's like oh my gosh like is that something that you could do EMDR with? Yeah, you definitely could. I think yeah. that is definitely traumatic. Um, it is definitely traumatic. And I think that not right away, I think you have to mm-hmm. give your brain some time to process it all. And then yeah. afterwards, maybe after treatment or whatever, whenever it is, we can process that diagnosis. EMDR works for so many different things. So that's the coolest thing about it. Yeah. No, I'm just, I'm curious because I hear that from people all the time. Like, 
you know, when I got that diagnosis of PCOS, I immediately was just like, oh, I'm never going to have kids. You know, like they, they start taking on that identity of whatever that moment was when that doctor told them X, Y, Z. So I thought that would be interesting. Yeah, it's really difficult. And I definitely think that it can be processed. I think really anything can be processed. If it's bothering you, then let's go in and process it and see what's there because I'm sure there's more information there that we just don't Mm -hmm. have access to without actually processing it using both sides of our brain. Because really right now, like we're using one side of our brain. We're not, I'm not using both of my sides of my brain at this time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, this is very interesting. So, um, as we wrap up here, I know that you're based in Michigan and I'll, I'll put that down below, but like, can you ever do anything like EMDR, like with people outside of Michigan or no? Yeah, we offer coaching. Okay. Okay. So if people are like outside of Michigan and they want to do that, you can, um, I guess probably just contact you through what I put in the show notes. Yeah. Contact us through our website. We'll get you set up okay. and started. Sometimes we do have wait lists, but we yeah. put you on the wait list. We'll get you off as soon as possible. Um, the neat thing about EMDR is it doesn't always take that long. Um, mm-hmm. Usually people can heal in about six to eight months and be done with it, depending on how many memories they have that they want to process and what the current issue is. Yeah. And so if someone was also just going to look around, depending on what they're wanting, if they need to find someone trauma certified, right? They don't want to just be like, oh, you know, let me just find someone that does EMDR or whatever. Like if they're working through traumas, they want to have someone trauma certified, right? Yes, most definitely. Yeah. Don't cause more damage, you guys. It's not a good idea. <laughs> but EMDR is so cool that I always recommend EMDR. You can go to straight talk therapy, but I think that there's something about EMDR that just changes the whole narrative. And out of you know, the years that I've been practicing and the types of therapies that I've been through myself, EMDR was really the only thing that really changed everything for me. Mm-hmm. Mm. So cool. All right. Um, do you have any last words of wisdom that you want to share? Healing is a journey and it takes time. Be really patient with yourself and loving and know that there's help out there for you and it might it may not be that first therapist, but there's somebody out there that will be the right match to help you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. take time. And if you need help, get the help. We're here to help you. And we're here to support you. And we're non-judgmental. And it's a therapy is a confidential space. We cannot mm-hmm. talk about your case outside of session. Yeah. Definitely get help if you need it. Thank you so much for hopping on. Thanks for having me. Today, we are talking about something that I'm really excited about. So, I have heard you. One of the biggest questions and requests, I would say, this is pretty at the top of all of my requests right now, is people wanting an HTMA or a hair mineral analysis test. Now, out of all of the labs that I run, I really truly think that everybody, everybody under the sun can benefit from an HTMA. So I'm going to implement a new medium or a new stepping stone, a new program. And it is going to just include a hair mineral analysis and some of those building blocks that I feel like are imperative to your foundations. Okay. So what is this going to look like? Um, we are going to call it mineral magic, which I'm really excited about because it's all about minerals, right? Minerals and spark plugs. Okay. So what it is, is it's going to have a training component and this will be self-paced so you are going to learn your basics that you would need to apply no matter what your HTMA said okay so for example blood sugar balance we're going to be really teaching you about blood sugar balance and the importance of it and how you would navigate that we're going to be teaching you um, 
how to understand your cycle from a health standpoint. We're going to be teaching you about stress and how that impacts minerals, how that impacts hormones, like how do you manage stress? How do you help that support your, your life? We're going to teach you a little bit about liver and why supporting your liver is so mandatory for your health and your hormones. And we are going to include a hair mineral analysis test. And it's going to include the test and the lab and the analysis and all the things. So what we're going to do with this is I have it set up because again, I know people are going to try and do this and just get this test. And I'm like, you aren't going to see the results you want if you don't learn um, the other aspects. So when I have it set up is your training modules have a quiz. It's like going to school, you guys. So I have this quiz for you and you have to complete the quiz before we'll send out your HTMA. So we have it structured um, so you can go through all your modules and it's not a hard quiz. If you actually watch the modules and you actually, you know, took notes, you will be able to pass the quiz. No problem. No problem. And once you pass the quiz, then we will send out your HTMA. So you will have about three weeks to start implementing these foundations and then you'll get your lab back and you can start implementing a more personalized protocol. So when you have an HTMA, I send you a kit. You will take um, a sample of your hair. You know, don't worry, it's not a ton. It's very easy, it's simple. You send it to the lab. The lab's gonna send me the report. So when I get the report, I'm gonna go over it. I'm gonna also go over your history because I'm gonna have you fill out some forms. Um, and I'm going to film a video for you going very into depth about your HDMA and how it correlates with your lifestyle and your symptoms and what's going on. And I'm going to give you a personalized protocol. So this is going to include some supplements probably depending on where you're deficient. It's going to include like certain foods to be focusing on, certain lifestyle choices to be focusing on, um, different support techniques, modalities you can use to help support your health. And it's all going to be in a nice handy dandy video. So you can rewatch as many times, you know, your protocol will be written out, everything will be there for you. And then you'll have a week um, to email any questions, you can email us any questions about your test and all of those things. Um, this is going to be $1,000 to get your HGMA and your training modules and your video analysis and your protocol set up and your week to ask questions and everything. If you go to the link in the show notes, um, you can go ahead and check out Mineral Magic and go ahead and join. Or if you are like, I can't even figure this out, shoot me a DM on Instagram, Leah, L-E-A-H underscore B-R-U-E-G. And we can chat about it there. All right, ladies, have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Balancing Hormones Naturally. If you found this helpful, I would love for you to share it with a friend and post it on your stories and tag Balancing Hormones Naturally podcast so we can get this message out. You can find me on Instagram at Leah underscore B-R-U-E-G, and I would absolutely love to hear from you.